Okay, here we go. I stand way back here. I can look for the two disciples and say, there you go. This may be, take me just a moment here, folks, because I've kind of lost my place. But I'll figure it out. Talk among yourselves. Okay, here we go. It's doing this, so... I hope I said happy Father's Day to everybody. Did I do that already? Okay. You know, it seems like eternity when you're standing on the platform and there's silence. Okay. It feels that way to me. It probably doesn't feel quite that way to you. But anyway, here we go. Father's Day sermon, that's the title, so there. Here we go. All right, tonight, the title of the message is this, Duct Tape Dad, okay? And we have a video that I want to share with you, okay? So if we could get that video going, I would appreciate it. Do we have a challenge with the video? How big a challenge? Fatal? This would be a good time to sing, Be Still and Know That I'm God, I'm sure. But anyway, how about let's, Dana said, let's sing, so I'm going to lead you in a song, okay? Let's sing Amazing Grace, all right? Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost but now am found was blind but now I see we have a video yet Praise God. 
that started in Tijuana. Praise God, 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 praise God. Praise God, praise God. How are we doing now? I tell you what, uh, let's go ahead and move on, okay? Where'd Bill go? Bill? Jim? Bill, could you come and help me out, okay? Well, we've only got one bucket, so maybe I'll just take Bill here. Go ahead and pass out all the duct tape over here. Okay, let's do the duct tape. Yeah, just the duct tape. Okay, pass it out. And that's a commemoration of uh, Father's Day tonight. That's a gift for you, Dad. And we've got all kinds of colors, okay? Uh, by the way, are those going to be the notes that are I'm seeing back there? Okay, that's the manuscript, I think, for the sermon. So let's not worry about the notes then, okay? All right. Okay. So all the men that are here, boys, take some duct tape, okay? What are some of the uses for duct tape that you know of? And I'm, this is not a rhetorical question. I want to know what you use it for. Duct work, well, what it was designed for, right? There you go. Take up a hole in the shoe. Interesting, could do that too. Somebody say something? Make a wallet. Okay. Say it again. Seal up paper boxes. Tape what? Your broken what? Broken high heel, huh? I'd like to see those shoes. This is really interesting because the women have as much use for this as the men do. So, hem up the pants. Okay. What else? Okay, all right, so you use it as a vice to fix things, okay? Prom, prom dress, interesting, okay. Games on the floor, okay? Okay. Yeah, Johnny. There you go, whatever that is, okay. Chloe, dresses, okay. Interesting. The other, that's a good idea. That's a novel idea. Reflector on the bike. Okay, there we go. Or on your jogging suit or whatever. Anything else? Water bottles at the wedding. Okay. Yes. Back here on the back row. Say it again. Shut someone up. 
Keep the car door shut. Okay. Fireworks stand, what do you do? For the floor at the fireworks stand? You know, I use it to cover up cords sometimes when there's a public thing and there's cords laying around, cover it up. So, see, there's some right here on the floor, right here. Do what? Okay. Well, I, you know, I knew of a woman who uh, she was challenged for to invite her husband to the Valentine banquet in the most creative way, and she won. Her husband had this lazy boy rocking recliner that he set in every day, and while he was sleeping in front of the TV, she took the duct tape and wrapped it around him, all the way around him and several times, and he slept pretty hard, I guess, and when he got up, he couldn't go, and when she, he woke up, he, she looked at him and goes, I'm not going to let you out of that unless you go to the Valentine banquet with me, so that was kind of cute. She won. Anyway, so many uses for duct tape, all right? And we were hoping to have the duct tape video, but I guess that's all for not tonight. Away, oh well. Do you, has anybody in here ever watched the Red Green Show? The Red Green Show, okay, it's kind of a similar show as Timmy Tool Time Taylor. What was the name of that show? Home Improvement, okay? He always had to tweak things a little bit, you know, or whatever, okay? But anyway, the title character, his name was Red Green, okay? He's a handyman, and he tries to find shortcuts to most of the projects that he's doing, okay? Trusting most of his work to duct tape, all right? And he calls it the handyman's secret weapon, okay? All right. You know, I've used gray tape or, you know, the duct tape to hold together automobile parts, you know, that weren't essential or anything, but just to, to hold them in place for a little while. And uh, uh, so you can use it for about anything, okay? Duct tape is one of the those invaluable items that's able to solve many of life's little problems, okay? We have some examples that we've talked about tonight. We could probably go on for a long time in thinking about what we could do with duct tape. But here are also some commandments of the handyman. Okay? Here they are. You ready? If it ain't broke, don't lend it. I'll let that one sink in for a minute because you thought it was going in another direction, right? If it's not broke, don't lend it. If women don't find you handsome, they can sure find you handy. Okay? Spare the duct tape, spoil the job. All right, and here is the red-green man's prayer. Are you ready for this? I'm a man, but I can change if I have to, I guess. That's his prayer, okay? But tonight we're going to talk about fathers, and I decided to do it in the form of an acrostic, okay? So you're ready? Fathers, F, number one, and man, a a dad, a husband, needs to be found faithful, okay? Need to be found faithful. You've got to be found faithful to God. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your strength. Scripture is very clear that the first priority of a father should be evident in their faithfulness to God. And every aspect of your life should show 
that you're faithful. You need to be faithful to God if you want to be an effective husband and an effective dad. And then you need to be faithful to your wife. Ephesians 5 and 25 says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And the men's favorite scripture in that same particular chapter is, Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands. We love that. But right after it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And then we have to ask our questions. How did he love the church? What did he do for the church? He died for the church. Are you willing to die for the person that's sitting next to you? Is she sitting next to you tonight? What's your spirit about her? Are you going to step in front of a bullet? Are you going to step out in front of the train? Give your life for her. Not only in death, but while you're living as well, while you're working for her, you're doing it for her. You're giving your blood, your sweat, your tears, your money, everything that you have, you give for your wife. Christ willing to die for the church and God asks husbands to do the same. A, anchor. 1 Peter 5 and 10, God Himself Restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. What a description of what a husband should be. An anchor. Get a picture of an anchor in your mind, okay? An anchor, a chain, heavy object that's thrown overboard to hold a ship in place. Just throw your husbands overboard. No. They're to anchor everything. They're to hold the family in place. They're to keep it all together. Doth, doth, uh, we say duct tape dad. I think it ought to be the role of the father to be the anchor for the entire family. We should not be looking for our wives to fulfill that role. Dads fill many roles, okay? They're the psychologists a lot of times in the family. Sometimes you have to be the historian. Sometimes you have to be the scientist. Sometimes the teacher, the doctor, and even the magician. A dad one time, after putting the three-year-old child to bed, his parents heard him sobbing in the bedroom. And coming from his room one night, they, they ran down the hall because they could hear him crying. And when they rushed in, they found the child was just crying hysterically. When he saw them, he he kind of smiled, but he was still upset. And he told his parents that he had accidentally swallowed a penny. And he was sure that he was going to die. The father, in an attempt to calm him down, he took out a penny from his pocket. And he pretended to pull it from his son's ear. And the kid was so overjoyed and thrilled that dad was able to do that. He thought he had taken that penny out from his digestive system. He said, Dad, Dad, that is awesome that you were able to do that. I feel better already. Can you do it again? Families are under severe attack. I heard Butch talking about that before service. You know, how sad. What a wonderful thing that you invited that man to church, but he's going through the process of a sex change. And uh, he invited, Butch invited him to come to church. 
And the guy was baffled. I wasn't intending to talk about this, but that, thanks for the illustration. He was going to come to church. Or not. He invited him to come to church. And he said, well, what would your people think? You know? And he spoke up for you. He said, they didn't care. You can come. They're not going to like what you do, but they're going to love you anyway. He said, we're going to let the Holy Spirit work on that. And Butch said, I don't like what you're doing either, but I love you. He said, but we're not going to judge you. We're going to let the Holy Spirit do that. What a sad thing, man. Suicide on every side of us. We talked about that a little bit this, uh, during the prayer time. People that seemingly have everything in the world going for them. My mind goes back, because this is my era, to Freddie Prince. You remember Freddie Prince, don't you, a lot of you? Comedian. He was a hysterical kind of guy. He goes into his apartment or his house one night, and he has a friend there with him. He pulls out a gun, produces it, puts it to his head, and he's so distraught, he blows his brains out. The comedian. And it's like the, the, the clown, Giovaldi. Giovaldi was performing in England. And, you know, Mr. Ripley of Ripley's Believe It or Not, he got a call from somebody and said, I need to come in for some counseling. And he came in. And he sat down and he said, I am so distraught and I don't know what to do and I'm thinking of taking my own life. And Mr. Ripley said, I'll tell you what you need to do. You need to go down, buy a ticket and go see Giribaldi the Clown. He is hysterical and he'll make you laugh. And the man sitting across the desk from him said, that won't work. And he said, why not? And he goes, because I am Giribaldi. People hurting everywhere. They got smiles on their faces. They come to the church. Everything looks great and looks wonderful. There's a lot of sadness that's out there. You know, it's not just a joke when I tell you. Make sure that everybody has a better day because they got to see you. I've been in churches before. We gave out that little duct tape gift to you guys. That may be the best thing that happens to them all year long. Fathers, you got to be the anchor, okay? There are some things that duct tape just won't do. It takes a dad that is faithful, who is determined in his heart that he is going to be the anchor for his family. And every family needs the father to be just that. They need the father who will step up to the plate when things are down, that everything looks downcast, but he steps up and says, it's going to be okay. Every family needs a father to, to be the glue that holds the family together. And go further, every family needs the father to be the spiritual leader in the home. It's time to give the women a break. They've been the spiritual leaders for a long time. And I've watched and observed it. It's time for the men to step up. And be the spiritual leaders. The Bible encourages us to bring up our children according to God's ways and purposes. And you have to be that person that points the way.
Number two, I'm sorry, the next letter, transparent. 1 Timothy 2.14 uh, says, in everything, in everything, set them an example by doing what is good. In your teaching, show integrity. It's the one thing to give our children instruction. It's quite another to set for them an example. And we always laugh when we say, don't do as I do, do as I say. But that's really a tragic statement. Do as I do. Do as I do. A transparent family man allows his children to see him during the good times and the bad times. During the good and the exciting times, the stressful and anxious moments, because they're going to learn how to deal with those situations by watching you deal with them. We don't have to pretend everything's great all the time. There's nothing wrong with letting down your armor every now and then and show your children that you have a vulnerability about you. Let your children see that you make tough decisions and it will prove invaluable when they have to make those tough choices themselves. So a real man, God's man, is a transparent man. Be transparent. That's what I've always bothered me about. Men of God that felt they had to be perfect. You know? I don't think people in congregations can identify with somebody who won't let it down, the shield down. Next, he's got to be hardworking. H, hardworking. 1 Timothy 5 and 8 says, If anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Hard workers get noticed even by God. I remember as a child watching my father. He spent the first two years of my life in the military in Korea. Then he came back home. It was good to have Dad back home, I guess, because I don't remember that very well. But I miss, he missed the first two years of my life off working, serving his country. Then he came back and was going to go to school, you know, so getting to know my dad. And we moved to Weatherford, Oklahoma, and my dad just could not stand not to work. So he bought a gas station in Thomas, Oklahoma, of all places. And he was going to try to go to school and, and, and work the gas station. And this opportunity came back to go back into the service, and he joined again. He didn't have to be deployed that time, so we moved to Kansas for a little while and lived up there. But what I remember about my dad is when he was at that point in his career in the military, he would leave with a clean, beautiful fatigues on before he went to work. And he was an aircraft mechanic at that time. And he would come back with oil and grease all over him, working on B-50, B-52s, KC-135s. And that's what he did. He worked hard. And I remember back then, I didn't know what rich or poor was or anything, but we didn't have a lot, you know. But we had enough. They provided for me. He provided for 
my mom, and that's the way he was continually. Through, my, my dad was always working. And I appreciate that example that he gave to me. In front of my own eyes, every day, he set the example. What does a, being a hard worker mean? It means providing for your family. It means ensuring that there is going to be food on the table and clothes on our backs. Ladies, we need to pat our husbands on the backs. Thank you. Thank you. Providing not only our physical needs, husbands, but working hard, providing the mental. The mental health that we need, the emotional stability that we need, and even the spiritual things that we need. There's a notion that the man's responsibility is only to provide for the physical needs. That's not true. Men are also responsible for the care of the emotional needs of the family as well. By listening to the kids, by listening to your wife. It's not that you may have all this wonderful counsel, but isn't it wonderful Ladies, children, that you know you have somebody that's there that's going to listen to you. And I found out from counseling within the church that people don't necessarily want to hear what I have to tell them. You know, that's a humbling thing. But it's the truth. They don't want to hear in counseling most of the time what I have to tell them. They just want to be heard. They want somebody to listen. And sometimes I don't say a word. And at the end of our counseling session, they just say, this was so helpful, Pastor. I think to myself, Scott, you are a pitiful counselor. You didn't do anything. But they say thanks. Just for listening. For fathers, being a hard worker should not be an option, rather an obligation. E- in father is you need to be elastic. Those are two points I've never used in a sermon. You need to be elastic and you need to be transparent. You need to be elastic. A small boy came up to his dad and meekly said, Dear Daddy, Daddy, can I have another glass of water, please? And the dad replied, But I've given you ten glasses of water already, son. And the little boy said, Yes, but I think the fire's almost out. John 16 and 33 says, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. There's times when you as a father are going to be stretched. There are times when it's going to hurt a little more than other times. Like the guy going to the chiropractor. The guy was told by his friend, I've noticed that in your posture that you lean to the left just a little bit. He suggested, go see my chiropractor. He'll get you all straightened out. And after years of refusing, he finally went to the chiropractor only to discover that the lean in his body was because one of his legs was one quarter inch shorter than the other one. The chiropractor put him down on the table, did a quick adjustment, and both legs were now exactly the same. His friend said, after he came back to work, you didn't believe me when I told your that the chiropractor could fix your leg. And he just looked at his friend and he said, I stand corrected. 
In the world of parenting, there's times. There has to be some give and take, elasticity, especially as rules and boundaries get pushed and they get broken. You need to know when to be a strict disciplinarian, and you also need to know when perhaps the lightest of discipline is necessary. I hate to see parents that are domineering in a way that their kids are afraid of their parents. And I've seen that. Little girls that come in the room, and they just give me a big hug, and they want to love all over me, and it automatically helps me to understand there's probably not a lot of that gentleness in the home if they're so hungry for it from somebody that barely knows them. you got to be a little flexible, okay? I was telling somebody this the other night. My, my favorite example of a father is a man named Dan White. Dan had three boys. They were in our youth group, good kids. And he was a good disciplinarian. His boys respected him a lot. They didn't fear him, okay? They weren't afraid of him. They didn't wince when his you know, dad moved because they were going to get hit or something like that. One time, Jeremy, the oldest one, went away for a soccer trip to London, England. He was in London for a while. He comes back, and guess what? He's got an earring in his ear. He's 16 years old, and he's stretching his independent ways, you know. And his dad looked at him and said, you know, Jeremy, he said, I know that this is a, an act of rebellion on your part, or you would have done it here under my watchful eye, but you did it over there where I couldn't see you, and now you've come back and you're showing it off. And he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to make a deal with you. I'm not going to throw a fit about that. I'm not going to say no. But if your spirit begins to display the rebellion that the earring represents, the earring will come off. The earring was out in about two weeks. He wasn't concerned about the earring so much. That was just a trendy thing he wanted, you know. He's concerned about his boy's behavior more than he was about the earring. And I thought, that's good balance, Dad. You know, good balance. I remember one day Dana called me at my office in Dallas. She calls me and goes, Scott, are you sitting down? I thought, oh, my goodness, what in the world is going on? Am I going to pass out when I hear this? So I said, yeah, I'm sitting down. I'm sitting at my desk looking at my computer. She goes, I don't know where to tell you this. She said, Tyler got a tattoo. <laughs> I go, whew, is that all? <laughs> and she goes, you're not upset? I said, no, not the way you put it to me. I'm overjoyed. <laughs> it wasn't one of those things that I had to just throw a fit about and get angry. Tyler, you're never coming back in my house again. Those kind of things. You know. But you love them. You discipline them and you're fair. Fathers, difficult times are going to come. They're going to come. It's inevitable, but take heart in the fact that Jesus is already the victor, which means we are on the winning side. Jesus will help us be the best fathers that we can be. Cry out to him when you just don't know. And when you're getting ready to whip off the belt, you know, and it's almost like the Marlboro Man. I could hear my dad when I got those spankings. You people looked like people got spankings when you were children, didn't you? Okay? 
You know, it's one of those things I could hear the belt coming off. He'd unbuckle it and he'd go, and the end of that belt would hit every one of the loops in his pants. And it was like the Marlboro Man, you know. I ain't got any of that. (laughs) Exactly. And finally, the last letters are you need to be respected, okay? You don't need to be feared. You don't need to be the friend, okay? I told my kids, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not your dad to be liked, okay? But I am your dad to be respected. And after they said, you're not the dad, the, I'm not a dad to be liked, they go, well, you're doing a good job. They didn't realize it. Romans 14, 17 through 18 says, For the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and approved by men. Did you hear that, men? You serve God in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And then men will look at you and say, you know, I respect that God. Our lives should be respected by God, by our family. Our lives should be such that we're respected by the community. And the respect should be evident in our conduct of our daily affairs, work and business. Our conduct inside the confines of our home and our conduct when we believe no one else hears or sees in in our privacy. Our name should carry a quality and a respect about it, not that everyone will necessarily love you, but they will have little choice then to respect you by the way that you conduct yourself. And finally... Duct tape is probably one of the most well-rounded adhesive tapes on the market. It can almost hold anything together. Okay, And this video is going to show there's a guy laying down at the San Andreas Fault, and he put a piece of duct tape over it. You know, obviously a humorous way of looking at it, but it seems like it'll almost hold anything together. It can literally hold anything together, and red-green proved that. (laughs) Do you know that if duct tape is left out in the misty weather for a few hours, it'll begin to lose its adhesive quality? In other words, that strong, multi-use tape becomes useless when it's exposed to the wrong elements. Are you listening, dads? When you're exposed to the wrong things, You lose your ability to hold it together. You lose your stickiness. You may know what I'm going to say next to you. If we fathers become exposed to negative, unhealthy, and unwholesome elements, we too will lose our intrinsic qualities as a father. And before you know it, we will not be the adhesive person that holds our family together any longer. God forbid that that should happen to anyone here this evening. Man to man, father to father, I challenge you to be a duct tape dad, holding it together in your family. And I need somebody to come and pass out screwdrivers now. Bill? Bill's rushing? Brent's rushing? Okay. If the duct tape doesn't work, put a screw in it.
Okay. That's not a part of the sermon. Let's stand. Would you do that? Dad, I just want to say happy Father's Day to you. Okay. Serving God makes us sticky. Okay. Happy Father's Day, guys. And if there's some kids here who want a balloon, they're welcome to the balloons, okay? But I'm going to pray for you. Moms, dads, sisters, daughters, sons, reach over to the men that are here, okay? Just lay your hands on them. And we're going to pray for the men. And, you know, probably the most discriminated against segment of our population nowadays is the men of America, okay? They make us look like fools on television. And uh, they're lowering the expectation of manhood and fatherhood in America. And, you know, the church needs to refocus how we feel about men. Maybe it's never changed, but maybe we need to put a laser precision uh, a vision on our men and lift them up because they're torn down all the time, really are. We need to make sure that we lift them up in prayer. We lift them up with our words of encouragement, you know. There's nothing wrong with going up to your husband and patting him on the back and saying, you know, I really appreciate who you are and what you do for our family. I appreciate your love. You know, isn't wonderful? God told us to praise him. Our heavenly father said, I want praise from you. Okay? He says, as a matter of fact, if you will praise me, I will come down and live within that praise. That's how close he wants to come to his people. We're created in his image. Ladies, men like to be praised. Okay? And a lot of times, if we don't, you know, Let me put it this way. Do you remember the little boy who used to ride his bicycle past your house all the time, ladies? And he would stand up on the bicycle seat, risking life and limb just to impress you. Okay? You know why he was doing that? Because he wanted your attention. He wanted praise from you. And men are like that. We like praise. And I will promise you, they will knock themselves out many times if you'll give praise over criticism. You know, your husbands, and I don't know if they're fishermen or not, you know. I had a lady, her, her husband was a fisherman, and they had a lot of money, and he invested money in boats and rods and reels. I mean, he put a small fortune in that. And she told me secretly, he's a terrible fisherman. But he thinks he's great. And I said, you know, and they were having marital problems. I said, you know what you need to do? The next time he comes home, you need to tell him he must be one of the greatest fishermen in the world. And I said, no, don't lie. You need to hug him and say, man, you did a good job today. That's awesome. And praise him for what he did. Don't look at him and say, is that all you caught? 
We bought this $35,000 boat, and that's all you could find? No, he's the best. Nothing wrong with that. Watch him knock himself out for you when you start praising instead of criticizing. Just saying. Let's pray for an hour. Father, I pray that right now that the Spirit of God would be felt in our men today. This is a special time for them. Father, they're trying to be faithful. They're trying to be the anchor. I know they are. Lamb of God, they're trying to be transparent. Lord, they're trying to do all of these things. Lord God, sometimes I know they feel like they're failing. Sometimes. But I pray that right now that you'll put something down in their heart that they know that their God loves them. Their Heavenly Father approves of them. Lamb of God, I pray that they will put a focus upon their life for you and their pursuit of you and the family will follow. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, that our children and our our wives that are here tonight and the ladies that are here, that you'll minister to them and through them. Lord, just rain down. Let our men stand tall because they know that they're making the effort, the best effort they can. They're not perfect. Lord knows none of us are. But Lord God, we're making an effort. We're climbing that mountain. We're moving toward you. Lamb of God, you have your arms outstretched and you have that voice that you're speaking in our heart. You can do it. You can make it. And I thank you, Lord. And I give you the honor and I give you the praise. And Lord, I pray all over America that the Spirit of God would begin to cause men to pursue you hotly. Father, we ask it in your name. Amen. God bless you. I'll see you at Tally's tonight. I hope everybody can come. God bless you.